Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Listening to the Silver Stream, a journey through ideas in collaboration with invited guests. I'm Byzantia Harlow, a visual artist and the creator and host of the Silver Stream. Today's episode, A Like a Sound, takes a different format to the usual stream of consciousness. Instead, I'll be handing over to conceptual artist Giorgio, Giorgio Sadotti, who will be introducing and playing some of his audio works. We'll have the usual response to the episode themes from writer and creator uh, Charlie Mills, as well as recommended exhibition reviews for the month from Hector Campbell to conclude. For those unfamiliar with Giorgio's work, he often works with the ephemeral medium of sound to explore ideas and map out time and space in new ways. His work is held in the collections of the Tate and the British Council. In 2003, he won the Paul Hamlin Award for Visual Arts, and he has curated many exhibitions and art events, and he used to run a London gallery. I'm very happy to have him along today for the episode, being a long-term fan of his practice, which is underpinned by a systematic thinking, a system which has cut up, reassembled, and folded in on itself across a variety of media, including sound. We'll be focusing on some of these audio elements within today's episode and how these sounds reflect ideas explored across other media also. Giorgio's practice is as much about not doing as doing, and as much about taking away as about addition. I see it as an attempt at controlling chance elements, um, systems that have chance elements but are ultimately under the control of the artist. And Giorgio did mention in our studio visit that his father was a professional gambler, which I found very interesting in relation to the works. Um, anyway, maybe a good moment to hand over to Giorgio. Could you briefly let us know what the audio we just heard was and then take it from there? Yeah, that was um, a soundtrack that I made for um, for the Tate Christmas tree, which involved um, a whipcracker returning the tree to, uh, to a forest using her uh, bullwhip. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that was on the 12th night, of course, when all trees should go back to where they came. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is true. It's, but wait, is it the 12th? Yeah, it's the 12th night. The 6th, isn't it? The 6th? Um, pass. Yeah, pass. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to introduce the next track for us? Sure. Um, in 1993, um, I uh, put together a list, somewhat tongue-in-cheek list, uh, which could be seen as a self-portrait of sorts. But it's a list of 50 truths. Almost which, like a manifesto, I think. Yes, that's, that's the good word for it. Yes, it's... Um, at least it was, which was some time ago now. Um, obviously, some uh, hold more water than others now. But, um, 
Yeah, there's still an aspect of me within within some of the so-called truths. Should we hear a little bit of that now? Why not? 50 truths. The true artist is necessarily so unreasonably pretentious as to cause disgust and pity. The true artist is defiantly gestural, but inevitably ineffective. True artists have wild but protected sex. The true artist does not acknowledge either truth or fiction. The true artist will step back from a situation to understand it. True artists are always getting things in their eyes, always. The true artist will speak even when action is possible. The true artist does not trust the suburban enclosure. The true artist wants to know now. Most true artists, when looking at a football, think of the form and not the content. The true artist is, is inescapably and single-mindedly mundane. A true artist thinks of the remarkably ugly every day. The true artist is loud and enjoys smelling. The true artist is theoretically based and practically flawed. True artists are concerned that art is not a drug. The true artist does, does read often. True artists like shelves but don't use them. The true artist shatters tranquility like the noise of a jet. So, um, the, the 50 truths were originally um, made to go with a work which I also made in 1993, which was 1-2, um, which for me was quite a seminal work in that it seemed to be uh, the moment when I, when I realised that art could be um, something that was just presented without really much manipulation, no making as such. It was very much a ready-made situation. And in this instance, I took a group's equipment and installed it in the gallery. So it was a full drum kit, guitars, mixing desk, amplifiers, mics, everything. So, and everything was ready to play. Uh, so the context was all. It was taken off the stage of the theatre and everything was placed into the gallery, obviously allowing the, um, the visitors to use the equipment. And obviously the equipment was used um, and I made recordings of some of the, um, the sounds and the music that was, um, was made during that period. And I think you're going to play a little extract of that now for us. Yes, um, I am. Vernon, shall we go see the rest? I haven't finished yet. <laughs> I haven't finished, finished yet. I've gotta go and see the rest of the show. Why don't you go and report back to me what you see, Joanna? But I like to interact with someone when I'm viewing art. 
You're just scared of not being able to understand it without me. I'm scared of never coming back. <laughs> You're just scared of finding me married to the music. <laughs> You're just scared of wandering around and finding something scary that you don't understand. <laughs> it's knowing that I fear not not knowing. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> I seek confusion. You eat confusion? I seek, seek confusion. You seek confusion? Why do you seek confusion? Is your life so boring? I like to test my mind. Why do you want to test your mind? What's wrong with you? You must be crazy. Um, I really like how you describe this work as a reflection of times and locations, like a time capsule to these participatory actions. The audience could use the setup as a sort of free recording studio, and I love the, tr the idea that by chance one of these unknown participants and performers may hear themselves today on the radio, not knowing that this was kind of captured in this way and kept by you. Um, and there's a nice quote from Participation, Documents on Contemporary Art, edited by Claire Bishop in 2006 that I'd like to read out now. In calling for spectators who are active interpreters, Rancière implies that the politics of participation might best lie not in anti-spectacular stagings of community or in the uh, claim that mere physical activity would correspond to emancipation, but in putting to work the idea that we are all equally capable of inventing our own translations, unattached to a privileged artistic medium. This principle would not divide audiences into active and passive, capable and incapable, but would instead invite us all to appropriate works for ourselves and make use of these in ways that their authors might never have dreamt possible. I have a personal interest in my work of elements breaking out of themselves and gathering kind of agency and I see this in your work a sort of organized chaos and very soluble but at the same time delineated boundaries perhaps you'd like to introduce your next track Georgia yes absolutely um, well sometime afterwards in fact three years later 1996 I know we're going back quite a distance here but um, I made a work called be me which basically um, explains the project really. Uh, I invited 31 other people, mainly artists, but various um, people to take on my identity for a day. In other words, be me, and however that would be interpreted. Uh, various actions were performed um, in my name, wow. including um, several aspects to do with my life. Uh, which maybe I shouldn't go into on the radio. Oh, maybe you should. But, <laughs> okay, well, one person decided that they would sleep with my, at, my, at the yeah. time, my girlfriend. Oh, my God. And um, they brought the sheets to the gallery as a sort of sculptural that installation. That is extremely blurry about. I must admit that it was, <laughs> I must admit, at this instance, it was with her permission. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, was she very into that? Um, we never really talked about it. Right. Um, I, I presume... Um, that she didn't mind the person being me. Right. Um, but then, uh, yeah, that was just one of the other um, projects. However, the one that I'd like to focus on today, uh, Martin Creed, um, the, um, the artist, was one of the people who decided to be me for the day. 
and at the time we were living together. Uh, therefore, he was quite familiar with my musical tastes, and he decided that he would make a cassette tape of um, all my favourite songs from mm. that particular day that was played on Radio 1. Cool. And uh, this is um, a small extract of that cassette tape. So, um, obviously, there are some some songs that I think were more accurate than others. Mm. And uh, I think uh, it's always quite tricky when you're actually choosing songs that you think somebody else would like. It's like a sort of gift. Mm-hmm. You know, you're buying somebody an album. You're not quite sure if, if they're into the music or not. And I think Martin, to an extent, uh, was, was relatively accurate with some more than others. But um, it was still a sort of... Um, quite a nice project um, for him to, to make for me uh, as part of the, as I say, being being me. Who do you think got you most accurately out of all of the people, actually? Oh, dear me. Um, well, that was that was one of the problems, is that, um, well, actually, my partner, um, she made a, um, a latex mould of my nose. Oh. And she wore the nose for the day. Going around smelling, she smelling things. Wore it in bed with the guy that was being. Um, well, no, because it was a different day. You see, it was, okay. I was very, I was very strict <laughs> about how long you could be me for. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Well, you know, Boundaries. I think. It's, well, obviously, the main instance for me was that um, whilst people were being me, I had to be somebody else, and that was oh. that was quite psychologically quite uh, interesting for me to to not be myself. Who are you when they were being you then? Well, that's just it. I'm not sure. I was just um, not myself. Mm. And I, I never quite uh, pinned it down as, as to... I think I was just... Um, I, I wasn't them, but I also wasn't myself. I was in a kind of in-between state. Targetry. No yeah. man's land. Uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. So I, I wouldn't say it was purgatory because I think it was quite a nice place to be. Mm. To be in-between... Identityless. Um, yeah. Um, in fact, I always thought at the time that somebody could... Uh, commit a crime during that day ah. and then it would be me that was responsible yes. for the action but legally I'm not sure that was would be binding uh, I'm not sure it would stand up in court <laughs> but I never had to find out which is good Do you want to take us into the next? Yes, now the next thing um, again was um, well again on, a little bit like Be Me um, in a sense the title gives gives away quite a lot about the project uh, went to America, didn't say a word, is the title of the work from 1999. And um, maybe it was to do with the uh, the closing of the uh, 20th century. Mm. But I decided to do exactly what the title suggests. I went to America and didn't say a word. So I flew to New York on a Saturday morning. Uh, and then I spent um, Saturday evening in Manhattan. And then I flew back uh, to London on Sunday afternoon. And the whole time that I was there, I um, decided not to engage in verbal conversation with anybody or anything. And to prove that, um, as it were, to to gain the evidence that I actually did this, I had a mini-disc player and a microphone on my lapel, and I recorded um, my whole waking hours Mm. uh, in New York. 
And it, obviously, a little bit like the 50 Truths or the True Artist list, uh, it became a, a, a portrait of my time in America, my silent time in America. And um, I can play a small extract on that if you wish. Yeah, go ahead. Okay.
you spoke about this work as things becoming clear via listening in, which I really like. Was there a kind of highlight for you in this experience? Well, it's very strange in that the actual tape ended up as almost exactly 24 hours, even though it was gathered over over two consecutive days in New York. Mm. Um, but, yeah, um, well, one of the highlights that I suggest mm-hmm. is a potential highlight is that the actress, Julia Roberts, who at the time, I guess in 1999, was quite a big, um, you know, major Hollywood box office um, yeah. star. And it uh, just so happens that um, that she spoke to me. So she inadvertently became um, part of my artwork, unknowingly, as as the whole of Manhattan did. Yes. But um, that was quite um, quite a coup. And you couldn't speak back to her? Well, I did find myself thinking, you know, what's more important, um, speaking to Julia Roberts or my art project? <laughs> and luckily I chose... Um, well, well done. <laughs> the art project. Well, it was a test. It I mean, I must admit. Yeah. Well, also it probably depended on what she'd said to me. Mm. If she'd have uh, if she'd have said a certain thing, then maybe I I would have <laughs> abandoned my artwork. But it was particularly uh, slightly mundane. What did she say? She said it's a funny system they've got here, isn't it? Oh. Uh, out of context, that means nothing. Mm. But we were waiting in line in a shop to pay, and uh, there was some confusion over which till we should go to. So uh, mm. a bit like being at a bus stop. When you speak to the person next to you. I love the way you say that Manhattan was like this, the whole of Manhattan was your unknowing audience. And I think it links back to what I was saying in the intro about your, you know, your practices as much about not doing as doing. And it reminds me of this Questlove quote about cool and how Mm. the essence of cool is kind of this engagement masquerading as a form of disengagement. And it can't exist without, you know, in a vacuum or without Mm -hmm. another to ignore. So it's the kind of like the act of being seen being yourself or being seen and not looking back or in your case hearing but not talking back and that's kind of interesting and also what is the work the recording the performance the presentation in a gallery so it's kind of very interesting questions I don't know I like that yeah it's, it's quite a complex one I yeah. think do you want yeah. to take yeah. us on our uh, take us through the journey now <laughs> sure I mean um, the next work was um, or is uh, the first time I really engaged with um, with what I would call a collage, in the sense that it's the first um, sound recordings where I'm, um, I'm actually using a type of manipulation, however basic that might be. Uh, but uh, in this instance, um, over 300 uh, samples taken from vinyl recordings, and the the um, the main uh, process was just removing the word now from, um, as I say, over 300 um, pop songs. And uh, to me, it's the history of popular music in two minutes, 32 seconds. Let's hear it. Now. 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 So believe it or not, they were um, generated through um, random selection. There was, oh. um, there was no manipulation of the order with which I found them. I just found them on them. Um, on many, many vinyl um, tracks and just removed the word literally with, with the music. So any kind of compositional aspect was um, totally by chance. And um, I think the great thing about it is when it stops, it, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it has a sort of charm to it, but um, at the same time, the charm for me is almost at the end. Uh, it's that kind of um, that, the bite of silence mm. that... Um, in a sense, 
uh, in a way represents the now, which uh, is absent from language, in my opinion. Yeah, because it, when you hear it so many times now, it kind of becomes meaningless in a weird way, right? Like the word loses meaning anyway when you're listening. Well, that's the theory, isn't it? That if you repeat a word often enough, um, it loses all semblance of um, of meaning and mm. reality. And I suppose that's what happened with now. Talking of now, um, then I will play something else, which is I will act, which again was a type of manipulation, but uh, somewhat more... Um, Less digital, should we say, in that uh, it's a performer trying to say uh, a line of text that I wrote uh, whilst uh, gargling with a uh, glass of water in their mouths. So that was from 2012, um, I Will Act, I Will Not Act. It was a sort of a duel between um, two performers, as I say, uh, saying the text with um, various amounts of water in, in their mouths at the time. Um, I've done um, other radio things in the past, and one of the things that I did um, was uh, a work called uh, Snail, Snail, Oyster, 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 Snail, which... Um, in a sense, it was a perfect uh, work for radio in that it involved uh, six naked people. <laughs> uh, and I suppose I wouldn't say that they had bodies for radio, but uh, the whole pretext of it was that it was six people, and you can believe this if you want, uh, it was six people who had never met that I persuaded to um, to come to the radio station, get naked, and... Um, couple off so we had uh, two snails which was two gentlemen two oysters two women and and a snail and an oyster so a man and a woman and they proceeded to um, engage in a touching fest and as they touched each other I asked them to verbally describe what they were doing to each other how they were touching each other and was it as salacious as everyone wants that to sound or was it more like I'm touching your uh, earlobe um, it was, well, we can hear a small extract oh, of brilliant. the occasion. Um, it became a bit of a babble because obviously they were all speaking at the same time. Right. Um, and all I can say is that, uh, one of the, um, one of the, um, the snails, uh, uh, obviously found the whole engagement quite exciting. Oh. Twist it around. Just twist it around. And her wrist 
So as I say, um, it became a bit of a babble where you didn't quite know what they were saying, but you, uh, your ears picked up occasional words, and um, I think pretty much a good time was had by all. Are um, snails and oysters both cu- crustaceans, like a cacophony of crustaceans, but maybe an oyster is not, or a snail is not? Anyway. Well, the whole idea came from, um, uh, it was a Tony Curtis uh, line mm. f- from, um, I think it was from uh, Spartacus. Mm-hmm. when he was in the Roman baths with Sir Laurence Olivier. Yes. And um, the whole idea was that Sir Laurence Olivier asked the slave, Tony Curtis, um, if he preferred uh, snails or oysters. Mm. Uh, that's that's the quote. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving swiftly on, um, again, this idea of manipulating and um, rather than these sound works that I make being just uh, direct documentary recordings, I got into the idea of trying to emulate um, music through the voice only. So I, I made a, a track which um, is literally made by uh, vocals only, mm. although it does have a kind of um, techno aspect to mm-hmm. it. Um, so maybe we can hear a small extract of that. It's called At It. <laughs> So um, as I was saying, this um, this is a this is a track that um, is basically a replica of a tech techno track, but it's um, made by uh, the human voice only. So it's basically a group of people who come together and emulate the sounds of um, of technological um, equipment in order to uh, to make music. And I think that's from two thousand and six. That's if you say so. Yeah, <laughs> my research. Okay, good. It's great. 
Yeah, I mean, it has its moments. Maybe you could tell us a little bit um, to introduce the next track about your halves and folds and these sort of ideas. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I've been introducing geometry into situations the whole of my um, practice, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this um, is a is another version of that, in that um, I started to think about chopping songs in half, uh, maybe folding them so that the the back, the end half is playing the first half, uh, just really just playing around with the idea of uh, introducing mm-hmm. a type of um, hard-edged geometry in, in, into sound, and this is um, this is one of them. It's um, it's Joy Division's um, atmosphere. Yeah, just to find that for us, and then I'm going to say how this sort of links to your magazines and all of this after. links to um, a kind of long-term project with magazine supplements for me um, where you've been like unstapling pages and you describe the work as removing staples to create images that were printed as pairs but never intended to be viewed together so it's this kind of folding in on itself Uh, you liken it to removing walls between lovers and reuniting them like the play of Pyramus and Thisbe within A Midsummer Night's Dream which is a really beautiful description Um, and you said to me when I visited you, you at the studio that these things are all about the breaks the peaks and the troughs, the middle, um, and things coming together rather than separation and this kind of flaccid geometry and folding and all of these things. And it also kind of reminds me then of another current project you're doing called um, Claudinio Couture, is that right? Claudinoro. There we go. Uh, <laughs> not bad, not bad. I am a bit Italian, so I should have done that better. But uh, <laughs> it's tricky. <then. laughs> you ask people to donate clothing items which you cut in half and are sewing together to create a kind of couture line. And I actually donated a coat that an ex-boyfriend lent me years ago and I never gave back, which I was wearing to a gig of yours, uh, of your Giorgio Sadotti band, which I saw about four years ago at Now Show Space. And this band includes your daughter and you kind of perform your poem formulated into chunks of repeated chords that were always intended to be songs even though you say you don't think of yourself as at all musical anyway I think it's an interesting artifact for me to have given you for the project and maybe you could sort of play something from the Giorgio Sadotti band next as a a link yeah that would be my pleasure Um, we have a track called Pattern Before Me So, lady, you sing, I see a pattern before me. Okay. I see a pattern before me. I have a feeling, don't bore me. Don't bore
So that was a, sh- a small extract of uh, Pattern Before Me. Um, yeah, it's it's a group thing, uh, which uh, comes in and out of um, of my practice. But um, it's just a little bit of fun actually making rather than sort of um, rather than utilising what is already in existence. Next up is um, a work that I'm more recently been engaged with. Um, with making um, these uh, collages, should we say. So it's Jackie, five past seven on Friday evening, just to say, uh, uh, I gather all went well with your mother's off. So unfortunately we're getting pretty short of time so having to fade out quite a lot uh, earlier than I was hoping however uh, it gives you an, an idea of, um, of uh, the track and here I was utilising uh, old recordings and also a lot of my um, cassette tape uh, recordings from my answer phone over the years that I've um, been saving so um, if you find yourself on one of my recordings, <laughs> that may be uh, quite possible. So, um, okay, so I just have uh, a couple more, and this is um, one that I just literally finished yesterday, so it's um, cool. sort of hot off the press. Um, you may recognise uh, parts of it.
Unfortunately, that's all we can have of that track. Too many good things from Giorgio, but <laughs> I'm sorry. Next episode, we'll get you back. So Byzanti and I would uh, like to say um, thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone. And um, take care out there. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. For now. Bye.